Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Again, ladies and gentlemen, $1,000 reward is being offered for information leading to the capture of a dangerous criminal. A complete description will be given on this true detective mystery, which follows in a moment. The case history you are about to hear is the actual report of an actual crime. Intertown evenings, every evening, hundreds of servicemen, warming, looking, seeking a few hours of recreation. Catering to the servicemen, roadhouses, garish juke joints, gay night spots, and often in these pleasure palaces, trouble. Therefore, it was not unusual on this starlit, frosty evening, not considered unusual at all, when a neatly dressed young man and woman rushed into County Hospital. Outside! Oh, nurse, please, quick, outside! He's dying. We found him beside the road. Now, nurse, come on. You don't have no time. The receiving nurse immediately into action. Orderly is a stretcher summoned. From the back seat of the young couple's car, a young man. Easy, easy. Blood on his face, blood on his good quality clothing, stretchered, taken in, undressed, bathed, examined by the doctor in charge of receiving. Meanwhile, at the receiving nurse's desk. My name is Greg Saunders. No, miss, I don't know the man. I never saw him before tonight. The nurse insisting on filling out a card. Well, this is my wife, Ann. Ann May Saunders. We live at Kilo Drive, 119 Kilo Drive. Yes, for the last time, we don't have any idea how he was hurt. Driving along, we found him beside the road. Maybe he was hit and run. But you got our address. Come on, hon. This is what we get for being a good Samaritan. You bet. Doctor phoning the sheriff, the time now past midnight. Sheriff C.D. Manning, efficient, unassuming, informed the boy might not last the night. His name. His name, son. The white glare of the bed lamp over his face. Face pale, bloodless, a handsome young face in its early twenties. Son? The youth back into coma. The sheriff's chief deputy, James J.J. Beach, arriving. What was he trying to say? Well, that somebody shot him. First idea, he was a hit and run. Doc here found a slug in his chest. How'd he get here? Outside nurse says a nice-looking couple brought him. Claimed they found him beside the road. She took their names. Who was the youth? Why shot? shot and left beside the road. Who was the gunman? Was the wound accidental, self-inflicted, or still most likely the result of foul play? In the patient's locker room now, Sheriff Manning, Chief Deputy J.J. Beach, going through the victim's clothes. Soiled, bloodstained, expensive suit, yeah. White shirt, 
Dark tie, underwear, shoes, every label removed. No wallet, Sheriff. Gone. Only this, a buck and this. Crumpled up uh, ticket stub. Mm. Local movie house. Hey, nurse, uh, put these under lock and key. Tell Dr. Horace to keep me informed. Come on, J.J. Too late to see the Saunders couple now. Eight in the morning, I'll meet you at 119 Keeler Drive. That's near Domain Road. About two hours before 8 a.m., the handsome young John Doe dying, dying in coma. The case now moves to homicide, murder. Coroner A. B.B. Heyman called. Coroner's inquest. Inquest presented with the evidence of a 38 caliber battered and spent slug. Put it in a box of cotton, Coroner. Maybe our ace in the hole. Let's move, J.J. The Saunders. Keeler Drive. Make yourself comfortable, Sheriff. Well, first I want to thank you folks for what you did last night. Well, it was nothing what anybody do. I was driving along when I saw what looked like a bundle of old clothes. Backing up, I put my headlights to it, got the shot. And our lives. Yeah, I guess you did. You got the time to uh, ride out and show us where you found the victim? Yeah, I think so. Call the mill, huh, and get it straight for once, huh? Mac is the foreman, nobody else. Mac, now I'll be late. Out on the road? It must have been around here. Well, if you're sure, just a few mingled footprints, J.J. There's some tire tracks, but none legible enough to be worth checking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no gun, no empty cartridge in these road weeds. Jay, I wager one thing. Our victim wasn't shot here. How can you? Not enough blood on the ground. His clothes are pretty well covered with us, so I have a hunch he was shot elsewhere and just dumped here. Why, here, this ain't no backcountry road. A lot of traffic moves on this road. Thanks, Saunders. He can go to work at the mill now. That's just another of the questions, J.J., we got to answer. might have seen a car parked on the highway while the body was being dumped, if the body actually had been dumped, each and every house within a mile of the spot where the body had been found by Saunders visited. The result? Nothing. Morning, news of the murder broadcast with the cooperation of the local radio station. Soon, large numbers flocking to the local mortician's chapel, asking to see the body. Suddenly, a young woman bursting into tears, fleeing into the hall. Chief Deputy J.J. Beach pursuing, given the following statement, quote, I know him. His name is Charles Fergus. He was a real nice boy. The last time I saw him, he was so cheerful, so full of life. I never dreamed anything like this would, could happen to him, unquote. Sheriff and Chief Deputy into fast action now to confirm this witness's identification. The whole small town question. Reiteration from witness after witness as to the high caliber of the murdered young man. Taverns, roadhouses, barbecue joints visited. The only thing learned, Charles Ferguson's good looks and classy clothes attracted the girls. Made many less fortunate local youth envious, not a few sore. But from not one source was there evidence giving reason to believe that Fergus had gone out of his way to attract women and girls. I think there's the angle we should work on, Jay. Ferguson's girlfriend. 
Everybody says he knew how to behave himself, but he could have gotten mixed up with some woman whose boyfriend played rough. You mean some floozy? No, or... I mean some nice girl. Perhaps a married woman. Still the victim's hometown. A pal of Charles Fergus located. A mill hand. Well, I don't know I can help you. Reluctant, as you heard at first. But after urging from the sheriff, giving the matter thought. Now you mention it, uh, I once heard some talk about uh, Charlie seeing a married woman a few times back in town, but I didn't pay no attention to it. Ask why not? I figured it was loose talk because there were too many single girls itching to date with him without him fooling with no man's wife. No, I, I, I don't know her name. I, I don't want to get mixed up in no investigation. Like Charlie Fergus, didn't you? Afraid? Oh, I don't think so. You mean I, I get what Fergus got? Well, I... I reckon I might be able to point out the lady's house. You drive me back. Take him to the bigger town. Right, uh, two houses down from where you stopped your car. It's the white frame with the yellow shutters. Yeah, that's Greg Saunders' house. accidentally discovered one of her friends seriously wounded on the highway? Hmm. Or did Saunders shoot Fergus in a jealous temper over his wife? Yeah. And why did he risk taking the dying man to county hospital? And why is she, Mrs. Saunders, clammed up so tight? Don't make sense. Uh, nothing about this case makes sense, Jay. On your way out, send Officer Enders in. I understand he's got some information on the case. From Officer Enders, the following report, quote, I located a gas station man who remembers seeing Charles Fergus in his place the murder night about 9 p.m. As Fergus leaves his station, a black sedan drives in, the driver calling to him. After a few words, which the gas station owner couldn't hear, Fergus got into the car and it drove away. I asked the owner if he recognized the car and driver. He told me it was Greg Saunders. Unquote. End of Officer Enders' report. A complete check into Saunders' background. 30 minutes later, fast car to 119 Keeler Drive. Sheriff going inside. Chief Deputy Beach directing a house to house from the neighbors outside. Inside. Yes, I think it's time we had a talk, Mrs. Saunders. Now, you just admitted you'd known Fergus for some time. Yes. Was there trouble between him and your husband? I don't know. Your husband jealous of Fergus, was he? Oh, yes. Yes, he was. But he certainly had no reason to be. Charlie and I were just good friends. When Greg got back from prison camp, somebody told him Charlie's walking me home, been walking me home from that mill, and 
That's all it was. That's what started all the trouble, and it nearly drove my husband out of his mind. Mind if I look around? attempts to scrub it up. Maybe I ought to get a technical man down to make an analysis of these spots. Hmm? What say, Mrs. Saunders? I think Charlie Fergus was shot in this house. Am I right? <laughs> You're right. I tried. I tried to stop it, but I couldn't. Ever since it happened, I've tried to get up enough nerve to tell the police, but I was too scared. Of your husband. I don't know why I wasn't killed, too, unless it was because Greg wanted to punish me this way. It all started after Greg got back from prison. You know about him in prison. Didn't. Till a little less than an hour ago. Follow me. He was sent to the roads. But go on. Got back. Jailbird. He went around checking Checking on me, me, his wife, trying to find out if I dated anyone while he was up in the prison farm, which wasn't true. It isn't true. Jealous, insanely jealous, brooding, kept brooding over it day after day. That night, shortly after I went to bed, Greg came into the bedroom and woke me up. I was shocked to see Charlie Fergus standing there beside me, beside my bed, Greg on the other side of him, Greg with a gun. Greg ordered Charles to talk. And he made me get up and stand beside Charlie. Greg asked me if I knew him, and I said I didn't. What happened then? I saw Greg was in a dangerous mood, and I thought if we admitted knowing each other, well, maybe he'd let Charlie go without more trouble. So I pleaded with Charlie to admit we were friends. He finally told my husband, all right, he said, I know your wife, but there's nothing between... That instant, Greg fired straight at him. I screamed. I think. When I came to, Greg, in the meantime, dragged Charlie out into the yard and into the car. Greg made me dress and go along. First he put poor Charlie off beside the road. And I, I don't know why I was too frightened to say a word. He had a change of heart, and he put him back in the car and went 60 to the county hospital. He made up that story about finding him beside the road. I kept quiet. I, I was afraid of my own life, even in the hospital. He had one hand on the gun. He kept pushing close to me on that side. Well, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Where is he now? It's almost shift time. He'll be picked up when he comes outside. Collard at the mill gate. Greg Saunders taken to sheriff's quarters. Defiant. Look, Sheriff, I told you all I know about this case. When are you going to stop pestering me? First, I want to know why you didn't tell the nurse about the bullet in Fergus's body when you took him to the hospital. Well, how was I to know he'd been shot? Shot him, didn't you? Look, what are you trying to do? Frame me? You pin something on me? Because I'm an ex-con? Well, that doesn't mean that you can set me up for this job. Your wife told us what happened, Saunders. No use now to lie. Oh. Oh, so that's it, huh? 
She's wanted a divorce, and I wouldn't oblige. With me back in the can, she can... And she can get rid of me on two years' separation. Well, she's lying her head off. But a lot of good it'll do. You can't prove a thing against me. Take him away, deputy. Greg Saunders incarcerated. Search now of 119 Curly Drive with a search warrant. Technical state policemen removing scrapings from the bedroom floor, finding a 38 revolver under a mattress in a back room. The weapon rushed to state laboratory. And now, a lull setting in. The lull broken by a positive kickback on the gun. Greg Saunders brought up from sheriff's detention. They had us in the beginning, Saunders. You knew your wife couldn't testify against you. And without her, we had no case. We got one now. Uh-huh. The gun. That gun right there before your eyes. You can get set for a ride to the gas box, boy. We can prove this gun killed Charlie Fergus. What say now? Okay. I'm licked. Yeah, yeah, I shot Fergus. But I had a right. Has a man a right to defend his home or hasn't he the right? Well, I was in stir going batty. This guy was hanging around my wife trying to make time. When I got home and I found out, well, I guess I went off my rocker. Well, that night I spotted him walking. I pulled over to the curb. I forced him into my car. I drove him to my house. And after I got a confession, I shot him so he won't mash any more married women. Confession of what? I understand all he ever did was walk your wife home. Oh, don't you start. I intended to leave him beside the road, but I couldn't do it. I still had no right to let him die. That's the way I felt about it. So I rushed him to the hospital. And I gave the nurse the story about finding him beside the road. Now, there isn't any doubt about that. You know, this may sound strange. But I'm sorry that I shot that guy. I must have been out of my mind. If there had been any evidence to substantiate his statement that Fergus had had relations with his wife, Greg Saunders might have pleaded the unwritten law. There was none. At trial, consequently, Greg Saunders threw himself on the mercy of the court and received a sentence of life imprisonment. Making a successful escape from a road gang, he voluntarily returned and surrendered. He is serving his sentence now. Except for the use of fictitious names and places, this has been a real story of a real crime solved by real people with a real criminal brought to justice. But be on the alert. A vicious criminal is at large and may be in your neighborhood. As editor of True Detective magazine... I offer a $1,000 reward for information leading to the capture of Henry Randolph Mitchell one month from the date of this broadcast and as a direct result of listening to this broadcast. But first...
are the details regarding the wanted criminal. Henry Randolph Mitchell, wanted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation on a charge of bank robbery, is the only one of the original 1950 FBI list of ten most wanted criminals who is still at large today. Henry Randolph Mitchell is 62 years of age, five feet, five and a half inches in height, and weighs about 155 pounds. He has graying brown hair, brown eyes, and a ruddy complexion. The fugitive has the following marks of identification. A one-inch scar on the inside of his left wrist, a small cut scar on the inside edge of his left eyebrow, a crooked, stiff little finger on his right hand, and a mole on his right cheek. His previous occupations include clerk, machinist, and porter. Mitchell is said to frequent racetracks and is a reckless gambler. He's believed to be armed and should be approached with caution. If located, notify Director J. Edgar Hoover, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Washington, D.C. Do not call your local radio station, but notify Director J. Edgar Hoover, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Washington, D.C. Then get in touch with the editor of True Detective for the $1,000 reward. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 